My guest today is a best-selling author, responsible for some of the most successful online campaigns, and recognized by Adweek as a game-changer modeling the creative company of the future. Gaston Regorburu will share with us his very personal perspective about the hows and whats of being a creative visionary. Gaston, welcome to Eva Talks. Hi there. That's uh, uh, humbling. So about 20% of that is true, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Nobody needs to know <laughs> <Yeah>, the rest. <laughs> so for 10 years, you were responsible for developing the strategic and creative vision for Sapien Nitro Brands as mm -hmm. first global chief creative and then chief creative for Publicis Sapient, where you provided clients with, you know, all the insights on marketing and, and you know, how they had to face their challenges. So what three words, and I hate to limit it to that, mm -hmm. uh, comes to mind if you had to summarize your experience? My, my experience, I think um, three words. It can be one. It can be one. <laughs> um, I would say that, that the biggest takeaway, I would say, would be stewardship, mm -hmm. craft, and connected thinking, but that's really two words. It's one idea. Okay, so but maybe four. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe connected thinking, collaboration. I think those, those are the the three things. Um, why the hell did I pick those three things? Um, stewardship is really, I think, in in whether you're in the agency business or consulting or uh, design, whatever it is. Um, everyone's having kind of an identity crisis and it's been going on for 15 years, right? It's everyone wants to sort of go back to the days when, you know, the founder or CEO would pick up the phone and call David Ogilvy and be like, help me grow my business. I need to reach this audience. I got to kill this competitor. You know, I have to, et cetera. These are, these are business challenges that creativity was a secret weapon to be able to solve. Um, and that, that sort of being the Merlin to the king or being sitting on the, you know, um, that level of stewardship, being entrusted um, with the future of a company, with someone's career, whatever it is, is the thing that we love um, and the thing that is really fleeting today. Because um, if you're a CMO, if you're starting a business, if, like, who do you trust? Who do you ask? That's there's so point. much stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's so much information out there. Yeah. And... Uh, there's an issue of credibility. I mean, who has the Absol final yeah, word? Absolutely, and I think that's also, um, it, it, it has become, you know, everyone's chasing the next sort of quarterly number. And, and, and one of the things that I, that I definitely, um, has, has changed my perspective is that I wanna get back to um, spending more time, you know, create, you know, providing that stewardship and, and, you know, when I used to walk around the halls and the conversation was a lot more about the agency than it was about the client, something's wrong. Something's very wrong. Yeah. So that's absolutely true. And I think that you've also had a lot of, you know, knowledge and experience driven from the fact that working for a brand, you also, I mean, working on their challenges and mm -hmm. finding solutions, you also see things that they don't see. And yeah. you kind of realize, okay, these are the things that they might not be asking you that they're doing wrong, mm -hmm. but that they need to be fixed immediately. So what has been the consistent uh, things or aspects of functionality or 
the way that a business operates that you see frequently and recurrently in each of these companies. Mm. In, this, in this time frame that you say is the 15 years that has made us more reactive <laughs> to the world. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. In the last 15 years, the way that people communicate and connect has changed. Like, it's mind-blowing, right? Um, so being we don't talk to, anymore. <laughs> yeah, and so, so being able to um, sort of provide that, that stewardship for brands is, is incredibly important. That said, um, I think more energy is put into preserving today than there is in investing in tomorrow. I would say that that's probably the biggest sort of the challenge or the blinders that a lot of clients mm -hmm. have. And, and, and frankly, one of the reasons that um, bringing in some help is, um, is important um, you know, that said, I get the conflict, right? I mean, I think that somebody, you're, you're sitting in front, in front of somebody that can uh, provide advice. I'll give you, you know, um, some war stories and, and, and maybe look under some rocks that you haven't looked on under before. If you feel like those folks have an agenda, um, it's difficult to build that trust. And, and now you have, you know, traditional agencies and digital agencies and the consultancies and everybody's, there's this big race to the middle. How do you navigate that as a client? That's really difficult. Extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, today I wake up and every single day, you know, whether you get it online, whether you're watching TV, wherever it is, there's, there's, a, there's a story about the challenges that companies face in terms of marketing. And um, I would ask to you, what is the new marketing? How should a marketing team look like? Yeah. Um, oh God, that's that, that's great. I actually um, it's, I was working on a new book that's about that, right? So it's kind of marketing modernization, and um, so it really, I mean, it's 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 as simple as sort of people, process, and tools, right? Um, and on top of that is really just having a very different. Um, philosophy and outlook on what it is that you're doing um, but without getting into all the nitty-gritty like you know right. I, any of that stuff what, <laughs> I, what I would you know the advice that I give whether you are a startup you're an investor you're a brand that's been around for a hundred years doesn't matter what it is um, it is two things pay it be a good people pay attention to people and be interested in technology if you if you do those two things, um, you'll be okay. Um, and, and think about all the great brands, all the great companies that are no longer with us, uh, or those that are in trouble, or frankly, the new ones that have emerged. Um, understanding what makes people tick, really understanding what, make, what tugs at the heartstrings, what matters to them, um, and then understanding the role that technology plays um, in changing the way they get through the day, those two things um, are the most important ingredients, without a doubt. And that's really good advice. We get so involved in the day-to-day -day situations mm -hmm. that we get blinded by mm -hmm. what's happening out there. So, for example, for somebody who's probably listening and is thinking, yeah, it's great, I should learn about the technology, I don't have time. I, you know, I should listen to people, but I don't have time. I'm so overwhelmed mm -hmm. by, you know, I remember getting emails saying, you know, we need a creative idea by tomorrow. And yeah. you had to find, you know, 
a solution to another problem mm -hmm. and suddenly it's like creativity is not like a switch mm -hmm. you know it's not one you know you yeah it's it for you because i mean i'm curious How no not at, not at all <laughs> but i think what i think what you do is you you um you know great ideas can come from anywhere right and um the whole notion of sort of a genius with a bunch of helpers doesn't work anymore <laughs> right um, the other thing I would say is that, you know, an apple's not going to fall from the sky and hit you in the head in your conference room. Um, right. It's not. Right. <laughs> so I think you, you have to, um, I going back to those two points that I made, which is being curious around technology, but more importantly, understanding people. Get the hell out of your office mm -hmm. and then go, go watch people watch. See how, what they're doing, how they're behaving. How are they interacting with your products? How are they interacting with your competitors? You know, how do they get through the day? You, it's all in front of you. It's not, this is not a mystery, right? This is not a mystery. We make things, whether they're products or services, um, to fit in people's lives. You know, I, I think there's arrogance to the bigger a company, the more successful you get, the more arrogant you get. Um, and you have to remember that your product, your company is not the hero. The customer is. You have to figure out how to be a mentor. It's not about how you tell your story and whether your story is going to land. It's right. more how do you become part of their story. Um, that is where, what I think is important. And, um, you know, as, as you, you know, I've sort of been on the business side and, you know, more, the last few years much more on the strategy side, but you know, I've always been a creative. And from a creative standpoint, I, f I see myself more as a coach than a player. Because um, you know you have to surround yourself with with the kind of young social junkie geniuses that are going to be able to um, trigger ideas from you. It's 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 um, you know creativity is a team sport now. It's not mm -hmm. it's not um, it's not a solo journey. You know, it's not a solo yeah. journey. And and you know and I've I've found that especially with with planners and strategists. This is one of my things that I've sort of learned is that um, they, they they used to sort of come in two flavors. There would be um, the the one that would you know sit in all the meetings and listen to all the stuff and then they'd go off to you know Starbucks and then they'd come back and there's like this is the strategy, um, and then there's the ones that are in and they they're really great at talking so they can spin you know anything they can um, sell themselves they can sell themselves <laughs> and then I've seen the more um, sort of hardworking ones that dig into data and start watching and. They do their homework. They and, do their research. Um, they do their research, and and so I, th that's that to me is is of what works. And I think an insight, you know, doesn't make for an idea. I think connecting dots across a bunch of insights makes for an idea. And that's what you talk about in your book, Storescaping, mm -hmm. which became a bestseller. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you just said it. One of the things that stood out was about the only story that a consumer really cares about is the one about their own life, you know, yeah. and not the me. And I felt so identified by that mm -hmm. because, you know, many times people are creating, and I've made that mistake, mm -hmm. of creating something that I like for you instead mm -hmm. of really understanding yeah. what the customer really wants. Like you were saying before, the customer is the only client you have to think about. So I, I read here, we need, and I quote, to evolve our focus from creating a new ad, a new website, a new device, and instead move toward thinking about the world of me, the world in which a consumer lives and how the brand can help enhance that world. And I think that is so true 
I'm going to print it out and just paste it. It's long. <laughs> it's very long. But it's very true because, yeah. you know, whether it's your own brand, whether it's your mm-hmm. own brand, and I'm referring to the person, whether it's um, your own company or your work for a company, mm-hmm. we forget who we have to work for. And yeah. uh, you know, it's I th- a challenge. I think one of the one of the most because we're exciting very selfish things, as human beings. <laughs> well, well, we are. I mean, it's, it, 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 everyone is tuned into their own channel in their head, right? So, so one of the things that's very interesting, and I, people always talking about sort of the the traditional this and the digital that and whatever it is, it's it's our our existence is very fluid, right? You go from a conversation that you're having in your head to a conversation that you're having in a room to what you know what you're seeing on TV to your phone to you do that 18 times in a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or in a second, if that's mm-hmm. that's the case. You don't dis- you make a distinction between those things, right? Um, the best way to get someone's attention is to get them to do something, right? The best way that you get them to get to learn something, you can tell your kid over and over and over again, don't touch the stove, <laughs> right? And when they touch the stove, they learn, right? So, so you know, the being being in the moment, actually doing something that's really great. And that's why I feel that as a marketer um, or as someone that's building a brand or, or thinking about a business, today is so exciting in the sense that we can actually create experiences. Like, you know, I started in design and then advertising and we did everything with pictures and words. You know, pictures and words, it, they're great. And we've we've been able to, you know, to sort of, finesse that and perfect that art right. to some extent but it doesn't um, I, I, I usually when I when I, when I have kind of audiences I'm having a conversation one of the things that I always say is um, you know you don't want to listen to me and my stupid stuff it's like we could just stop right now and I can play everyone a movie and whatever's going to win the Oscar next year or better yet what's going to be the blockbuster hit of next summer right or we could all go skydiving and I guarantee you that if we all go skydiving, every single one of you is going to tell somebody, right? If we watch the new, you know, whatever, Jurassic 34, um, maybe a few of you, when you're at home, may say it to somebody else. Get somebody to do something. Be part of their story. Um, if you can become part of their story, you're in. That's and it. it's kind of what social media has allowed people to do. A- absolutely. So now everybody tells their story. So now they have the power and uh, we need to be able to the power yeah. says that they have regained probably or they taking it back what are your thoughts on that yeah it's it's uh, it's a little bit of um i think there's different angles to that i think i think that that social gives humans you know an outlet to express a currency to be able to do that i don't think that that's that important you know, it may be, right? Um, but let me step back for a second. So there's, there's, a, um, there, there's a lesson around this idea for a marketer or a brand, right? Um, story-based differentiation, right? So how do you create an amazing story for a brand that connects at the heartstring, that you find shared values, um, that that people really get, 
right? That used to be the holy grail, the thing that we always try to achieve from a brand building standpoint or from an advertising or marketing standpoint. That was the magic sauce. If you could find that shared values and connection. So it was, it was a story. It was very, now that is so freaking hard to do, to get that right and to land it. And it's a lot more art than science. It may be more luck than anything else to be able to make that connection. Right. So how do you put something out into the whole world where the masses actually connect to it? Really, really hard. So let's take social media for a second. If you were sending a picture of um, some kid taking their first step or whatever, a kid, you know, playing with their dog or whatever it is, and you put it in front of 10 million people, no one would care. <laughs> if it's your kid, you care like nothing else in the of world. It's it. <laughs> if it's your sister's kid or mm -hmm. your nephew, you care a little bit more. But the farther it gets away from you, the me, 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 the less you care, right? Mm -hmm. So when we used to think about the traditional sort of advertising marketing world, right? It was we were trying to develop something that everybody would connect. You would right. tune away from your channel to of me, that. me, me to actually immerse yourself yeah. in something else. That is so freaking hard. It's so incredible. It's also very expensive mm -hmm. because you fail much more than you than you succeed, right? So the today through social, through all these things is you can actually get content you can get stories, you can get things that are much closer to the me, which means that it's cheaper, it's more effective, right? In, in, you know, in terms of micro audiences and being able to do that. So I think the, you know, looking at social as um, uh, an intelligence tool, not just for marketing, but also for business, um, thinking about your ability to build relationships, to become part of someone's story, to yeah. give them currency so that they can share their stupid stuff that only their very small group of people But I love this idea. Is important. Yeah, I love this idea of social becoming a place where you can create a community because at the mm. end of the day, it's a community of people. Mm. I mean, I feel when I'm liking people's pictures mm -hmm. that I've already connected with them. Right. I haven't asked them how they're doing. I don't know what's happening in their lives, but it allows us this very easy connect, connecting right. ability that I think is fascinating is how to translate that into, like you say, a business. Right. That's the challenging aspect. And so if everybody that's listening now wants to know more, they can call Gaston at one 800 and just kidding. I mean, the idea is it's, it's hard because mm -hmm. it, there's, it, there's not a methodology. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, you know, there's not a plan one, a step one, a step two, a step three that applies to everything. No, but there's definitely, um, there's definitely some, some guidelines, I would say, right? right? I think authenticity, um, I think when, when, look, one of the things that's, that's amazing, I, I, when I, when I first started in, in the business, I actually was doing, um, uh, sort of like retail merchandising and thing. And one, and one of the things that I understood was that people um, have spidey sense is the way that I, <laughs> I call it, right? Um, shoppers, especially female shoppers that control the world, mm -hmm. right? You guys have this incredible sense of you can see 
a website, an ad, a post and thing, and you know whether this is authentic, it's not authentic, is it for me, is it for somebody else, mm -hmm. do they care about their customers, do they not, without reading a word, without doing anything, um, it, it, the reason I brought up the retail merchandising thing is, is you can be in any place in the world where you don't know the language, you can take three steps into a store, look around, and in a millisecond, you know, this is for me, or this is not for me. Does this interest me? Does this is not interest me? Is this upscale? Is this downscale? Would this be something that my mom would be interested in? You know, all of that. You know all of those things without talking to anybody, without whatever. So we have that spidey sense everywhere. So now you you used to get whatever, a thousand pieces of content every day. Now you get a thousand pieces a second, right? We are that muscle has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And you can go through and there is, there is, I wouldn't call it science, but I would, I would, it's almost like holistic medicine, right? It's like, it isn't proven, but a lot of people swear by it around being able to understand how to create a presence and to communicate through social and communicate through all this stuff in an authentic way where you won't look like pardon the word, sort of a douchebag that's trying to sell something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and, and I think that understanding that and making sure that your team and yourselves, you have that, you understand those things um, is, is great. I mean, it's, it's almost like you could, you could see a post or you could go to a site and see that this is some corporate template. Right. It doesn't matter what's in it, or you could see whether it's it's the 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 design matters. The, the, these little things matter. They matter in in such a big way because it's the stuff that breaks through the clutter. Absolutely. You know, a coach once told me that you know if you're going to do something, make sure that you know something in terms of you know managing your people. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do something very specific. He said, my recommendation is if you feel it do it. If you don't, don't even try yeah. it. I mean, and it was just something as simple as saying, you know, going through tables at the Christmas dinner and, you know, mm -hmm. getting closer to people. He said, you know, because if maybe you're tired, it's going to, it's not, it's not, people are, gonna, are not going to understand that you're right. tired. People are going right. to say, you know, she really doesn't mean it. Do you yeah, see yeah. how she said, you know, happy holidays, like, I want to get close to you, but I don't. Yeah. And it's what you were saying, you know, mm -hmm. people can smell it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they know or they don't know. They're going to mm -hmm. they're going to get it. So yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice that it has to be very authentic and yeah. it has to be very organic. We all want to sell, mm -hmm. but the long term is not going to work. Right. But we communicate through experience, right? So if you right. if you go into the, the you know Webster dictionary and you see, you know, the the term storytelling, I think I put it in in mm -hmm. in the book. It's basically you know, it, it's communicating through pictures, words, and experiences. And in our industry, everybody's stuck on the pictures and the words, but they don't get that third dimension, which is, in some cases, way more powerful. What is the new storytelling? How has it evolved? Because everybody now puts on their bio. On Instagram, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people put storyteller. Yeah. Especially people that come from editorial. I've seen yeah, that. I, 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 think, I think it's an overused... Um, it's an overused word. It's like transformation. If I hear transformation one more time, it's definitely, you know, it's what you're supposed to put on your, uh, um, 
I don't know, do a LinkedIn profile or whatever it is. Here, here's the thing. I mean, I think I think story um, is incredibly important um, as as a way to connect people. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's the there's the role of story and how important that is. I I would never dismiss that. It's it's the one thing that that it's it's the ultimate differentiator from from that perspective. Um, I think that the the conventional thinking around sort of storytelling, which is very linear, right, um, and very structured, is the problem. I'll give you give you an example. Writing a speech, right, and being having a live interview between whatever, completely different forms of storytelling, right. So in a world where you don't know where somebody's coming in in the story, mm-hmm. you know, and coming out. You have to start thinking about story systems, not storylines. Um, being able to design story systems, thinking about what what fuels story systems, the, and, and that's places where things like AI and other stuff is interesting. Um, in the hands of a creative, not in the hands of an engineer, right? So that's where storytelling makes mm-hmm. makes a makes a lot of sense. So so I would say that storytelling has changed and will continue to change. Right when the world is fluid and you're coming in and out of consciousness, whether it's a physical, virtual world, whether you're, you know, in the conversation or just jumped in the conversation, I think that being able to to storytell in, you know, to create these story systems is the evolution of it. And I think that that some have been able to make that transition and others don't. And calling yourself a great storyteller is almost like the people that that call themselves that storytellers because they earn their stripes, you know, driving, you know, or whatever, riding horses, not driving cars. Um, and that's part of the problem. And, and, and look, there is, I, I go back to it all the time where, where being in the sort of marketing and the agency business, you know, sometimes getting a really seasoned, great advertising writer, they're hard to find is awesome. Right. But, Sometimes it's like using a hammer on, you know, when you need a screwdriver. So you have to, so, so the stuff does not, some of the stuff does not translate. Um, there's a really great book um, by uh, Frank Rose. I'm trying to remember the, na- the name of it, but one of his premises says that every medium took 30 to 40 years to mature, right? That the first TV, like the, the well, the first radio shows were basically people reading stories like from a book to radio, right? And it took 30 years or 40 years before radio actually came to its own. When television started, all the first, the first television shows were basically televised radio shows, right? Right. Um, so it's one of these things where, it, and there's an argument today that television is at its heyday because it's now come into its own. You know, now that we're binge watching, you know, Game of Thrones and all that stuff. On demand. <laughs> so, so, so that that it's one of those things, and I feel like, like storytelling. I know this is like a thirty-minute answer to a very <laughs> short question, but I, I think storytelling is one of those things where it's a catch-all. Um, it's like the word strategy. Like, what does that mean, right? Is it right. brand strategy? Is it business strategy? Mm-hmm. Is it so, so, look? What does that mean? I or, think I have to go to my yeah. Instagram profile yeah. because I put strategies. No, 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 what but I get it. Really it but it's, it's one of those no, things. But, I think know, you I, need to be specific. Yeah, but I think it's a very valid point. I think there are a lot of people out there and, you know, there's a certain age group that mm. is kind of trying to look modern mm. and in, on time and that we are, you know, 
relevant today. And then mm -hmm. there's a younger generation that puts things that they really don't know what they are. I mm -hmm. mean, are you a storyteller because you wrote a piece or you wrote a blog? I mean, I'm not really sure mm -hmm. if that's really being a successful storyteller oh, is yeah. also getting you know, results out of it, mm -hmm. whatever it is. So let's talk about e-commerce, my, yeah, sure. you know, my favorite yeah, subject yeah. Um, after, you know, social media, which we could just talk about yeah. this for forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, what's happening out there? Because, you know, there's all a lot of success stories mm -hmm. and then there are others who, you know, want to copy that success. Um, everybody needs to have now an e-commerce side. Is the retail world going to die? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, besides marketing, the other story that I read every single day, mm -hmm. you know, before it was the death of print, right. which I say, if, I mean, we're going to die. But if you hear every single day that you are going to die, well, it's kind of death yeah. for your time. Uh, and what do, you th what do you think about all this evolution? And I know I, I just gave you a very long, complex question, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Um... I think that we sometimes miss the point. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about about um, being so focused on the the shift in medium and 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 cons you know consumption of of content, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that the way in which people do something is the thing that changes the most. The why they do something. Um, doesn't right so mm -hmm. being human in 2018 is the same it's very similar to being human um in 1818 right you care about belonging you think about your family you have the same insecurities you want you have ambition you have fears you have so being human and understanding sort of the human condition is one of these things that's it, it evolves very very slowly and it's still very important. The way that you connect with other people, the way that you find a mate, the way that you do all of those things, that's what changes very, very fast, right? So going back to commerce, um, or frankly, what we do is help people create brands and products and sell stuff, right? The, the, the actual transaction, all of those things are changing at a crazy mind-bending pace. Um, but the reason that we do it or what matters doesn't, right? So being being able to, to sort of understand that. And I, f I feel like in some cases, a little back to the future, I've been in, I've been in a number of organizations. So one of, one of the roles that I had at, at uh, Publicis was to go around to all of the, you know, the Leo Burnett's and, and um, Saatchi's and Viva, like all these places and try to help them um, be more modern and think about, you know, evolving and that sort of thing. And it was almost like a lot of the executives, not in those organizations, those organizations um, didn't have this issue, but mo mostly at, at other places were really focused on, look, you know, there's, there's more revenue in consulting and technology and commerce, and this is where we should focus on. And the other stuff that we used to do is not that important. Well, I, I think that overcorrecting, I think it's evolution, not revolution, and a lot of these things is is a pitfall. I'll give you let's specifically around e-commerce. Today, Amazon is the real frenemy, right? So Amazon, I'm in awe of them, 
and scared shitless mm -hmm. about them at the same time. Mm -hmm. There isn't a retailer, there isn't um, uh, you know, a company that makes a product that I've not been in some boardroom or some behind some door where that doesn't come up, right? So how do we maximize our opportunity in selling through these platforms and how to make sure that we don't get killed by them, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and, you know, we could have a whole series of podcasts just talking about that yes. because I spent the last just year and a half thinking about, um, right. building an offering specifically around that idea, right? So this sort of to total commerce thing. Um, but the one thing that I will tell you to try to make a connection between all this random stuff we've been talking <laughs> about is that, um, you know, what's going to really matter, um, when something's on Amazon or on on Walmart or whatever it is, um, brand is actually going to matter again because, you know, Amazon creates their own brands and will put you out of business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they'll do all, all this stuff and it's, a, and, and it's the, the, the function, the form of something becomes less relevant, um, at some point because everything can get commoditized. Everything can be, you know, we're going to have real-time manufacturing that's close to you. There's so many things that are happening in the world that are going to change, you know, things yet again. So being able to have an object or something that actually has meaning beyond its meaning um, is, is that, that one business differentiator that you cannot take away, right? So... So while I we'll while I back, can sit we'll go there, back to the quality or to the yeah. to the product. Yeah. I mean, it is. Does it work? Does it have a specific purpose? And I and I agree with you. If you have that product, then mm -hmm. you know that's it. But you have to evolve that product because now the options. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Are, but I also think the the role of brand, right? The role yeah. of brand becomes even more and more. Um, important, and that's why How it has to be. It, that's why it has to be authentic. That why you can't. You know, it has to. It has to solve for all these other things. But um, you know, but I do think. I do think about. Um, you know, I, I. I'm fascinated by what's happening in terms of um, the the shift in the way that we buy, but also some of the things that people are doing um, that are really fascinating to me are those kind of Amazon buster things, right? So, so we're, we're seeing a lot of hyper-local um, services or even what I would call service products that are things that some of those big um, guys can't do, right? Mm -hmm. So they seem to be able to do everything. Check that. There's some stuff that they can't do. Um, and, and there's some really interesting businesses that are, that are, that are coming up. There was... Um, um, I've seen uh, in other markets uh, rest, virtual restaurants just for takeout that only leverage, you know, uh, Grubhub and um, uh, whatever, Postmates and all that kind of stuff. They don't have a physical location. Um, they just have a, a service kitchen and are building huge brands just for that. Like, so you're seeing, you're seeing some really new and interesting business models that are, that are leveraging um, uh, subscription services like uh, you know we travel a lot you you've been you know in a hotel where they come and they refill the mini bar um, there's a service in one place where I've seen that they come in and they inventory your whole um, uh, not just your not your refrigerator but your um, 
what do you call it, pantry, mm -hmm. right? Like a pantry service. And they basically, you subscribe and somebody comes to your house and, and fills everything all the time. Um, that goes one step further than having Alexa order it for you. Now that's too much work. Just have right. somebody else do it for you. And the, and the, the technology infrastructure is to be able to do that. So mm -hmm. it's, there's, there, it, it's, we haven't imagined the thing yeah. that's going to knock that thing down. What we do know is that things will change. Absolutely. And, you know, saying about local and product and brand, I remember buying these Sonos speakers. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that caught my attention was immediately I got a text, somebody for an extra X, they can mm -hmm. come install it. Mm -hmm. So it's when do you want it? They came, they installed it. And I was a very happy person. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's not something that I do, but I felt that that was real customer service and experience, mm -hmm. which I think is key. Yep. And it's exactly what you're saying right now. So what if I'm starting a business now and I don't have much of a capital and I have this good idea, what should the basic operational structure be like? I mean, what do I really need? Ooh, um, I need uh, like a financial person <laughs> in-house. And, and how much should I um, outsource? What do you think maybe the easiest part is what should I never outsource? Well, I think you should never outsource what you do. Right. right? So, um, you know, if, if, if you sell t-shirts online, right, and you outsource the website and the product, then what do you do? Right. right? So, so, so I think that, that you need to understand what business you're in uh, and make sure you're in that business. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the other thing that I would say is um, trying to understand what, what the real opportunity is for, for someone, right? I, I think that, that uh, go back to that, the, the two rules that I said, mm -hmm. pay attention to people, pay attention to technology, mm -hmm. um, and you'll be just fine, right? I think, if you, if, I think if you check both of those boxes and you start building a business, you, you will be fine. I mean, they're, they're um, you, I get into this conversation all the time when people are like, well, robots are going to take over our, our world not. and AI is going to take over you like know, a bunch of robots. whatever and all that stuff. <laughs> but, you know, let me tell you, I think I love all of that stuff. Really? I it's not going to, because it's not going to, what I'm saying is none of these things are going to take away, they're going to take away jobs we don't want anymore. And then we're going to find better jobs that are more interesting, right? That like, it's, it's. You know, there's we don't have video stores in the corner all the time now, but who cares? Yeah, who cares? You get everything that you no, want. Those people as, are doing something else. Yeah, as long as my friends are not robots, I'm fine with it. I mean, they yeah, can well, take away the job. But you know, it's the I know a couple of people that could use some robot friends, but you um, bet. I mean, and they might need them, and maybe that's a business for them. Yeah. So you know, they say that by you know telling stories, you you know presenting, you have to keep it very simple when you're doing a pitch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to prepare yourself. But I read somewhere that you don't rehearse a pitch. Oh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Some um, people would get really scared. No, you know, you know what it is, um, and it's probably evident in just this this conversation. No. I, I am <laughs> no, a. Um, no, you are a storyteller. That's what's very evident in this conversation <laughs> because you take people through a path. I mean, you're organizing your thoughts and kind of giving the best perspective, but you're very thorough. 
Yeah, because I'm I'm a mess. My head is a mess. <laughs> no, I, w- I was actually just going to make a, a I was going to um, confess something. Okay. I, I am what they call a, a very high functioning dyslexic, right? So I forget certain, I don't, I can't remember names and numbers or whatever it is. But what, what you do is you compensate by being able to connect the dots, right? Um, which is so, the, the basis of your book. Which is which which is that, and I also think it's it's it's, it's it makes you a very it makes you a very good strategist and a good and and so you understand how things relate to other things because that's how you remember stuff um, because your memory sucks, you know, and so so you're able to do do some of those things. So I think that um, that that that's you know that that's a big part of why you know I I struggle with some of the. the I can, you can never get a two-second answer from me. That said, I have such an appreciation for people that can do that. And I surround myself with people that can do that because it's important. So going back to whenever I present, um, I learn to listen more than I talk. Um, I feel like um, in pitching business, whether you're in an agency or in a consulting role, it's we we... We spend so much time and we have really smart people that do so much research to get smart before you walk in. But I'm going to come in to, you know, you're at, at your, your business that you've been doing forever. And because I did a deep dive for two weeks, I'm going to know more about what you do. It's, you know, my dad always used to tell me the easiest way to look like an idiot is to criticize something you don't understand. You know, so I think I think listening and reacting and trying to bring connection to things where you can bring to the the table. So for me, if I rehearse, if I go through all of this stuff, a two things: it's you're focused on, on what you're gonna say and you're not listening. And you're not listening, right? right? Um, the other thing is, I know I'll screw it up. You know, so it <laughs> so it, it and it drives other people crazy. But I get that I'm different. Um, not always in a better way. In some cases, I'm very flawed around some of the stuff they do, but you kind of learn to know yourself. So I do not rehearse as you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think it's great. So you're not French. Not at all. Not at all. Where are you from? Um, I was born in Venezuela and, but I moved to Miami when I was seven. And um, uh, the name is uh, Basco. So so So, you're Basque, like I am. Yeah. So that's, and we both so, have names that you wouldn't even guess huh? that I am Basque. Yeah. You know, my last name, everybody well, thinks. Mine's on the, the, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't. know, it's like Gastone Gorburo. You're like this French guy. And people mm. think that I am from somewhere married, obviously, yeah. to an American who doesn't exist. But it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I always finish my podcast with something very simple because I believe in, mm. in that you can do anything in life. And, you know, mm. we all now in this world, we have to evolve and we have to have an open mind and, you know, you can do anything you want. I mean, what is what does it mean for you? Because you have had such an extraordinary career. I mean, you, when you Google your name, I mean, the things that come up, I mean, the places you have been, the things you have mm-hmm. done are really great. I mean, so what is that motto? What, what is the yes you can for you? Um, you know, so I, I started, I, um, I was going to be an artist. I was going to paint. You were going to paint? Yeah. And um, so... I got a scholarship to Cooper. You know, I was going to do all that mm-hmm. stuff. And um, the one thing that's connected, I don't, I don't paint anymore. I really should. I'll do that when I'm, um, when I have more time in my hands. 
But for me, it, it, and I used to, so you talked about putting something in your office. In my office, I've always had one thing, which is what did you create today? So I feel like every day I have the opportunity to put something into the world. Pushing emails around, having meetings, all of that stuff is meaningless to me. Um, you know, sitting at home, working on the go, I, I have to be able to, um, to create stuff. And it doesn't matter what it is, right? Um, like that's what feeds my brain. So that is the thing that makes me tick. Well, it's great. Thank you so much, Gaston. So we need part two soon. Oh, Thanks, nice to meet you.